Hey, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We've got Lee Chambers today, all the way from UK, who's the founder of two companies, Essentialize and Phenome Games. Now, Lee has had his set of struggles on the physical side, the mental health side, on the business side as well, and he's going to share all that with us today, and also how he found out what his why was to where he is today. So welcome, Lee. Thank you, Rajav. It's a pleasure to be on. So why don't you, in your own words, introduce yourself to us? Who are you and what are you doing? Yeah, so I'm Lee Chambers. I'm 34. Uh, I live in the UK. I currently work as an environmental psychologist and wellbeing consultant and also run a coaching company and a video game company. And I've been on quite the journey to get to where I am today, which has been, has been a lot of ups, or even more downs. But I've gradually learned that life is full of challenges and that really what helps you shape the direction that you want to go in. Tell us a little bit about your two companies, Essentialize and Phenome Games. Okay, so firstly, Phenome Games, I set up in 2008. And that was after I graduated from university and I got a graduate job in corporate finance. This was in 2007. And as I was leaving university, I'd gone to see a business advisor with a business plan and a cash flow forecast and a balanced for balanced for statement to try and convince a business advisor that this was a good idea. And he actually looked at me, a very respected business advisor in my local area, and he said, you know, this is a really good plan, uh, but not for you, Lee. <laughs> Basically said that you're trying to get into the video game wholesale market. You're very young, you're diverse. You look like you've got a bit of an attitude problem. You'll stand in front of these boards pitching and they'll all be, you know, 50, 60 year old white men who are probably going to look at you and think, no, he's going to disrupt this industry, this young pretender. He's like, why don't you go into coding or development instead? That's much more diverse and everyone's young there. You'll fit right in. So I actually then decided to take a graduate job in finance instead. Um, but I actually lost that job due to the credit crunch after six months and my professional training as well. So that really made me think, okay, so I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to listen to the advice. I'm going to give this a go. So I actually started the business from my parents' bedroom. And over the course of a year, I had the six-figure revenue, just me. And that really started to help me build the networks and the connections I needed to start growing it into a business that didn't involve me as much. And that was great. It was interesting. I actually still worked a full-time job alongside the business. In some ways, I needed the social contact. I still wanted to learn new things and work in different areas. Um, so that still runs today, but operates only within Europe and operates in between the really big wholesalers and the local retailers and retailers. My current business, Essentialize, is where I put a lot of my effort nowadays. And that business has two sections. So I have a coaching side where I take entrepreneurs, small business owners through a functional coaching process to build them to grow as much as their business is growing. So I help them find their own personal direction, what mountain they're wanting to climb, what they actually want for the legacy, or looking at how they can sleep better, eat better, move more, to get more energy to put into not only themselves, but the business. And then take a quick look at their limiting beliefs, things that might be holding them back from growing, and helping them plan and strategize that to have a personal development level that, meets the same level of the business so they can grow, the business can grow, we can all grow together to be something bigger 
than they are if you're not growing while your business is growing. And I have a workplace wellbeing section of the company where we go and run workshops around health awareness, around company culture, inside companies, helping them to become better places to work with more healthy, happy employees and starting to look at what they can do to promote better well-being, promote a more positive, caring culture and a culture that looks to develop all employees to get the best out of them to help them reach their potential. So how long has it been since Essentialize has been formed? Uh, so Essentialize has been running for a year now. Okay. And what what actually pushed you in the direction of putting this company together? So in a big way, I had the experience of doing a lot of qualifications around physiology and psychology. So I did a qualification in environmental psychology, in performance nutrition, in sleep practitioning, and in conditioning training. So I looked to combine them together. So I to think, how can I take these plus the experience of me losing the ability to walk and then relearning to walk again into a package that can help other people to boost their health outcomes, to reflect and start to understand what journeys they want to take, what missions they want to achieve, and what they really want for their life rather than just floating along, taking whatever job came up or listening to what other people said they thought they should do to help people identify with the strengths, to actually get a purpose and wake up in the morning with the energy to go and do something that actually fires them up, makes them feel like they are achieving something. That little bit of empowerment every day. Um, so that really came along and having the video game business has given me the finance to continue to do this qualification and really looked how I wanted to shape it. And it all came together last year. My daughter started school and that freed me up I spent a lot of time looking after my children before they started school, knowing that I wouldn't get that time back again once they did. And I spent that time planning and then launched in the middle of last summer. And since then, it's been incredibly busy, but incredibly, uh, incredibly positive as I've managed to gradually help more and more people, more and more companies and impact people in a way that makes me wake up in the morning knowing that I'm doing something that's good. So in the last one year, how far have you come? You know, can you talk about uh, some of your achievements with Essentialize? Oh, yeah. So I've coached 21 clients and worked within 12 businesses over the past 12 months, which is massive in all terms because obviously you start from a starting point with no momentum. And now I'm spinning the wheel. And even during these current challenging times, because I had digital systems as well in hybrid with physical systems have allowed me to continue to make that impact. So obviously I go into companies and work to gradually change culture, help them understand how well-being is a performance indicator, and really look to help them to get that understanding that leadership actually needs to portray and convey the fact that they want their employees to do more in a positive way, to be more as people, to actually be healthy and be happy in the workplace. And going into somewhere and working with the leadership team to help them with that, to help them come up with strategies, ways to embed and measure these things in the business processes and then working with the employees as they gradually start to, you know, come out of their own, come out of their own shadow, start to step up and participate more, do more, get healthier. It feels great. And then working with your individual clients, you take them on a journey where you're gradually giving them the awareness of what they need to do. Because we all really have it all inside of us already. 
but it's then helping them take responsibility of that for that right. and then empowering them to really go further, breaking it down into actionable steps. I mean, you gradually see them take the steps, they come back the next week, you know, they're, they're feeling good. They come back a week after, not feeling so good, but you're still there to support them, to encourage them and to help them build forward. It's always going to be times when you have those steps back, when it doesn't go as you plan. This example at the minute, what's happening, nobody planned this. And yet it's how we react to challenges, how we start to think to be proactive in those moments and be resilient and have that mindset of, you know, challenges are not threats. Challenges can be opportunities. And in every failure, there's a little bit of treasure to be had. As long as you don't look at it with emotion, you separate that. You can look back like it's an experiment, really good day for you. And you can actually look and think, I won't do that again. But this could actually be useful in the future. Absolutely. So do you have a team supporting you with Essentialize? Um, so what I have is a, a set of collaborators. So people who deliver specifically on areas that I don't deliver on. So I deliver on environmental psychology. I deliver on sleep and I deliver on nutrition. And I've got collaborators and associates who will deliver on movement. They'll deliver on mindset and habits. I've got people who worked on certain psychological areas and areas of getting people who are struggling with the mental health and bringing that awareness forward. And it's very much an integrated approach. Because in so many ways, I could go into a company and say, oh, you all got to sleep more. And that's great, but it doesn't help if everyone's still, you can get so much more traction with people if you're asking them to do small things, helping them understand why. But a lot of small things in different areas, so sleep a little bit more, eat a little bit more mindfully, move a little bit more, start to look at your mindset and start to implement some really small, but simple habits. What happens is if you combine them all together, they compound all the time. So those small changes gradually start to spin that wheel that bit quicker. And again, so many of us try to set these really big goals, really big, ambitious, and that's great. But in so many ways, it's not actionable. And when you feel like you're not getting there, it's easy to give up. You don't have the motive. It feels like it's too far away. So we kind of work on that basis and that is, it's great. You do need like a 10 year goal, a really big, audacious idea of where you're going. But we then walk in and smash that with a sledgehammer into thousands of little fragments. And each of those little fragments, you can, you can take one of those and do it every day. It's small. It doesn't take, feel like it takes, it just takes a few minutes possibly and building those building those habits onto each other so you can do a bit of that, a bit of this. Maybe in your morning routine when you've got time, or maybe in the PM when you've got a bit of time. Because most of us don't have massive amounts of time in our work day in the middle. We have a little bit of flexibility before or after. And how about how do you go about finding your clients? Um, so I do numerous different things. I use LinkedIn to prospect to find people within businesses who resonate with my values and what I hope to bring. I do networking locally and use connections in certain networks that I've got of conscious leadership groups and people who are looking at purposeful leadership who are looking at transformational management. And I utilize those groups because, again, it's one of those things where, especially when you go and pitching this to a company, you need at least one person on the senior management team to really believe in it. And then they can help 
navigate that for you because I can stand in front of a team and say, if I come in and look to embed well-being internally, get it measured, make plans, build strategies and help build a community, well, that will increase productivity and increase performance. It'll increase innovation and creativity. It'll reduce absenteeism and sickness leave. It'll make people happier in the workplace, more likely to collaborate. And it'll really, what it'll do is it'll start to build your company's reputation somewhere where you care for your employees. When people speak to other people in your industry, they'll speak good of your company. The, the talent in the industry will want to come to you because you've got a reputation for looking after you. And there'll still be someone on that board who says, yeah, but what's the return on investment? Well, when we've looked at the return on investment, for a traditional uh, well-being plan that's not bespoke or personalised to a company, the return on investment is £4.20, so like $6 for every dollar that's spent. And that's quite big. Obviously, that's good. But if you take a bespoke plan that's designed for that company, because I build on like a modular framework so companies can decide what they need, you don't have to take the full package. And that again gives them that choice and that option. But it's up to, it's up to 32 to 1, the potential return on investment. So it's massive. Well-being and the associated factors are a, are a massive KPI that isn't often utilized. And yet it's starting to come now more and more as businesses realize that healthy, happy employees are engaged in the work. They have high morale and motivated and they understand why they're working. They understand what they're doing, what the purpose of the business is what the business values are, and they align with those values and work in an integrated way with their life, looking to make a difference themselves and through the business they're working for. You know, one of the things that you mentioned prior was that your inability to walk at a point in time in your life. Can you take us through that experience? What happened? Yeah, so I just turned 29. And I was, you know, young, fit, healthy, uh, like many young men felt quite bulletproof, felt like I was a bit unbreakable. Um, and then all of a sudden on, on a Thursday evening, my wrist locked in place and it swelled up and I looked at it and thought, I must have used the computer too much this week. I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest it over the weekend. Hopefully it should be fine. Um, and then on the Sunday, my knee started to swell up. And then that locked in place on the way back from a meal with my friends and family. So I naturally started to get a bit worried because my wife was six months pregnant with my daughter. My son was only 18 months old and I knew that, you know, I played a big part in looking after them and having my independence. Um, and I went to the doctor on Monday and they gave me some medication saying it would take the swelling down and it should probably be all right. Uh, but on Tuesday, my shoulder then locked in place. So I had one leg that was locked and one, one arm that was locked. And again, I was still, I'm sure this medication will sort it out. I'll sure be fine. Um, on the Wednesday morning, my other knee started to lock in place and my mother-in-law came around to the house and took me to hospital kind of against my will, but it was very important. I actually went because I got through to the emergency and they took me straight through into the center of the hospital. And started doing lots of tests on me to try and find out what had happened. And it turned out that my immune system was attacking the connective tissue in my joints. So it's thinking that some of the tissue was actually bacteria or was invaded with an infection. So my own body was attacking itself. And obviously that was really painful. And it left me in a hospital bed for a month, unable to move. 
so I couldn't shower myself properly, I couldn't eat properly. My family and my friends were coming to the hospital to look after me. And at first I was a bit like, this isn't fair. Like, why me? I'm only young. I've looked after myself. Now I can't use my legs and I'm struggling to do anything. It feels like really unfair. But it wasn't long after that I started to reflect and think, okay, so in a lot of ways, I've been really ungrateful here because I've had all these years of walking and I never once thought, oh, it's good that I walk. And then I kind of looked at all the people who were looking after me and I was like, I've been ungrateful. I haven't really thought about all these people who care for me and all the people who are here now helping me live. All this free healthcare, all the education that I've had, the opportunity to start up a business, all the chances I've had to have different jobs throughout my life before that and the ability, you know, to buy a house and live comfortably, just to even be in the first world where there's so many opportunities that you take for granted. And I started to realise if I'm gonna get if I'm gonna get myself well, then I have to take ownership of this disease and attack it as much as it's attacking me. So it's like I'm gonna be proactive and every morning when I'm struggling to get out of bed as rehab was it was challenging. I was in walking rehab, I was in intensive physio, I was doing hydrotherapy in a pool to try and get back walking again. And there was mornings where I didn't want to get out of bed. I was stiff, I was in pain. But my daughter was born not long after I came out of hospital and just seeing her made me think, I want to be walking by the time that she's walking. And that power of why gives me a real reason, that willpower and that why power to get up every morning, do my exercises, push through that pain barrier and not just sit there and think, oh, my medication will fix me. I knew I had to do it myself and I pushed myself. After six months, I was back up on my feet. I had some problems with my spine where my, some of my lower vertebrae were compacting because I wasn't walking properly at that point. I'm still trying to push myself a bit too far. But after 11 months, I walked a mile and aided and it felt like the freedom. I finally got it back. And then I was like, that's it. I need to help other people do this. And then not long after that, my daughter started walking. And I was able to play in the garden with my children. And that made it all worthwhile. Absolutely. That's a blessing. You know, you mentioned university and mental health issues. What were you going through then? Yeah, so I had a childhood like many people in my generation where my parents tried to make it as comfortable as they could. So we had a roof over our heads, we had food, we worked really hard and again, they were very much uh, wanting me to go to university because I'd be the first one in our whole extended family to go and they kind of identified at school that I was, you know, I was quite clever, I was quite talented uh, and I should do educationally well if I tried. Uh, like so many young men, I didn't really try that hard, but I managed to course through school and then go to college and get the grades to go to university. And I then spent the first year actually at home and travelled in on the train. And in some ways, that because I was so laid back, I'd missed the applications to move in. So then in the second year, I moved in. And for the first six months, I was, I was, I felt, you know, I felt that freedom that suddenly, you know, I've moved out away from my parents. I can become a man. I can be who I want to be. I joined different societies and clubs. I made some new friends and picked up some new hobbies. And for the first that first period, I felt really good. But then I, I went home for Christmas and then came back after Christmas. And I had some struggles. I was starting to move into that part of my life where I needed to work out who I was as a man. And I hadn't had a great example from my dad because while he was here and he worked hard, he spent most of his time busy doing his own thing didn't really help me understand what it was to be a man 
Um, so you, then you're starting to look at what society says would be. And I didn't have the emotional intelligence to dig inside myself and understand who I was. So I, I was trying to define myself. Uh, I had an issue with, where at university, I stood up in front of my whole year, did a business presentation, and then chopped halfway through, completely losing track of where I was and freezing. And that combined with my own struggles, I was starting to really struggle to look after myself. So my inability with cooking and my general not really being able to keep routine with washing my sheets and washing my clothes and doing all that kind of thing that, again, I don't, when, when you first kind of go into the adulthood, you need to get into the routine of doing these things. And yet I was, I was just struggling a bit. And it all accumulated with me locking me inside my university dorm two weeks and not coming out until my parents came and literally took me home. And those mental health challenges really kind of coloured my understanding. I, I went through quite a bad place and I'd lost my job. I'd failed my year at university and in so many ways it knocked my confidence massively as a person and didn't really understand how to kind of bring that back. But over time, I started to work on myself and started to think, you know what, I can't just sit here again worrying about the past. These things have happened, but how can you try and make yourself stronger for the future? So I, I utilized that and went back to university and in the end managed to reset what I needed to and graduate. And that kind of set the path for my life of you're going to hit lots of challenges in life and you're going to have really difficult times. It's not the difficult times that matter. It's how you react to them and how you then step forward once you've taken a few steps back. You know, when I look at your life, Lee, what comes to mind is you started off as a pretty carefree kind of a teenager and a, and a young man. And then you stepped into university. You took your time to understand yourself. You went through the challenges that you had to go through in order to understand yourself. Then you had physical challenges too in life. And all of them, you know, could have crumbled you, but you decided to learn from them, stand up and make amends and improve your own life. In fact, you went ahead to establish your uh, games company, which became pretty successful. And as a result, you decided to give back. And that's where Essentialize comes into play, which is pretty phenomenal in terms of how you've taken your challenges and turned them around. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I kind of think that that's really like everyone's life is like that. And our life's like an ECG. It's up and down, up and down. A bit like a zigzag. It's never in one place. Very and, true. And yet we tend to look at failures as bad and negative and attach emotion to them. And in so many ways, I almost tell my clients, like, look back on the failures that you like, but put a lab coat on and pretend you're in a science lab at school and you're doing an experiment with some fire and some chemicals and that's your failure. It's great data when you look back and you don't think, oh, that's bad. You just think, okay, that was, but how was it? And I look back and realize that on that stage, when I chalked at university and frog, it was because I hadn't prepared enough. And when I look back on my mental health issues, it's because I didn't have the emotional intelligence or the understanding. And again, that's something that I didn't have it. I can learn it. Next time I start stepped on a stage, I was prepared. <laughs> and so many of these challenges that we have, even when I lost the ability to walk, again, that just happened to me. But all that suffering made me grateful. It brought me growth. 
turn me into the man, the husband, the father and the son that I am today. And I'm actually grateful for the challenges that I've had. And that that's the difference, right? So self-introspection is key in terms of introspecting what you've been through and gleaning the good from it and going on the right path. And unfortunately, a lot of people, when they go through these kinds of challenges, they tend to buckle. They tend to fall down and kind of despair. And I think that's where it's important to to look at it from an outsider's perspective, looking in and saying, okay, what do I glean from this? What can I take away that will be helpful in building my life here on? And one step ahead, helping others as well. So that that's that's phenomenal. Definitely. Well, and I uh, kind of see it. <laughs> yeah, I kind absolutely. Of see it as, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and the best way to describe it for me is, and I quite often say, uh, an oyster won't create a pearl unless a parasite gets inside. And obviously it's being attacked, but that attack makes it produce a bit of treasure. And that's how our life is. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for joining us today. This has been phenomenal. Before I let you go, two questions for you. One, one takeaway for the listeners that you would want to leave them with. And two, those that want to learn more about you and your companies, where do they find you? So the one thing I would advise anyone listening is that really being taking ownership of your challenges and being proactive is is the best thing you can do. No matter what the challenges, whether it be big or small, you can say, right, so this has happened and it's it's gone. There's nothing I can do about that. But what I can control is how I react to it now. So I can take ownership and say, I've lost the ability to walk, but I can get back on my feet. I've had challenges, but you know what? I can get back. In fact, I can probably get stronger. I just believe in it. And it's having that belief and knowing that you can control so many things that you've just got to really take action and make it happen. And in terms of finding out more about what I do, you can visit my website, which is leechambers.org. You can find me on Instagram at Essentialized Coach and Twitter at Essentialized. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure, Reggie. Thank you. Hey, I hope you liked that episode. Please do make sure to subscribe to Plan B Success Podcast so that you can get alerts about these episodes coming out three times a week. You get to hear an inspiring interview and some inspiring talk that will move the needle for you on your way to success. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.